So joining me on this episode of the Friday Film Club is singer, songwriter and presenter Stacey Jackson. A welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, thank you. It's, uh, it's great to have you here. And uh, I'm, I'm terrible at doing introductions. So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh, okay. Nothing like putting me on the spot. Um, <laughs> I'm a singer, songwriter, a television presenter and a mummy of four. And yeah, so, and I reside in London, although I don't sound like I do. Um, I'm initially born in Canada, um, moved to the States, got married to an American, and then 10 years later moved to, moved to the UK. So that's, that's my history. <laughs> yeah, history in a nutshell. I, I, have, to, I have to ask, uh, so I, I am awful at deciphering between the American and the Canadian accent. So Most people are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So have you got any tips for uh, how, how, like the, the real giveaways? Oh, my kids still no, don't let me live it down. When I, when I say things that are usually like an OU sound, so like Americans would say South, I think, like with a bit more of an, an open mouth and mm. uh, Canadians have more of a closed sort of South, we'll say, or a host or like lo those letters, the O and the U, my, my kids have forever been making fun of my Canadian accent. <laughs> and I, I don't know why, but um, yeah, so that you can usually tell a Canadian from those tiny little um, nuances, I guess, but largely, I mean, we're very closely aligned with the, with the Americans, right? <laughs> we're like next door neighbors. <laughs> So, but you know, we can we can say that about the Irish and the Scottish, and the, you know, and even you know the Welsh. Everyone, they're all speaking English, but they all and they're all yeah, they all sound different. So yeah, there that, you go. That's true. I, once when I when I was in the states, once I got mistaken for um, an Australian, um, which has never really? happened to me before. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's weird. It is. Yeah, weird. I wouldn't. You know, I can I get New Zealanders and, and Aussies confused a lot, mm. and but the Kiwi accent's a little bit. Like they hold their ease longer. So, I mean, I'm a musician, so I listen to how they open, you know, how they, how things sound. I love that. And so, like, they'll say things like, "I'm gonna go to bed" instead of "bed." Like the the e sound. So the Kiwis have a little longer, sort of sounding, sharper vowel. Yeah. On the, usually on the e. But anyway, I don't know. Whatever. Interesting. It's all about the vowels. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about the vowels. Yeah. But you've also, uh, you've got new music out. I say new, it's uh, Flipside has been out for about a month now, hasn't it? About a month. Yeah, I mean, it's it's ironic because it's actually out, it's been out even sooner because it's the theme song to Stacey Jackson in the 80s, which is the TV show mm. on Sky. And it was one of these songs where I was, you know, during lockdown, I had written a whole bunch of tracks, um, largely influenced by 80s music. And I mean, I grew up in the 80s. So um, if you do the math, you'll probably figure out how old I really am. Um, but uh, I grew up in the 80s. So um, I've been very much influenced by that sound and wrote the song before I landed the show. It was quite ironic. And then the show, the, the executive producers held, you know, auditions. I went for my casting call got the show and then I don't know whether or not I was kind of overstepping my boundaries. I literally only just rocked up like the first day we were shooting and they were going to use a stock 80s record to open the show with. I mean, obviously it was before it was called Stacey Jackson in the 80s. I think it was just 80s memory lane or something. I, they, I, I when I got the show, they changed the name. Mm. So I said to them, well, you know, I wrote this song. It's called Flipside. It has a little bit of a '80s, you know, vibe to it. Would you Would you think that this would work? And they loved it. They're like, "We love it. We're going to use it. We're going to use it for the opening of the show." And I'm like, "Oh my god!" So, uh, 
so this, the, the music came before the show even, before I even knew about the show. It was so strange. It was, you know how mm. things are just in the air. It's like the stars have all lined up and it's like, I don't know, it was all me meant to be, I guess. So there you yeah. go. So people were contacting us going, what song is this? Like what, you know, what is this song? Like, is it an 80s song? Um, so we, obviously we realized we probably needed to make it available and that's, we released it after it started running already on the show. Mm. <laughs> so that's the story of the record. It's it's just perfect timing really. And I, yeah, do you know what? I, I thought the same thing. It's got such a kind of 80s retro sound to it that I think you could easily mistake it for something that was released in the 80s. Yeah, I, I mean, we, I mean, I hope it does also sound quite contemporary, but you, mm. yes, it does. It does have very much that sort of tip of the hat. It's, you know, people listening to it might be stumped with what era it came from, but you know, the, the technology now, especially in the studio is just so mm. great. You know, you could, there's so many wonderful things you can do by referencing older tracks and then sort of fusing it with more contemporary sounds. Well, what is what's going to make the music work now in 2022? as opposed to it look, you know, making it sound dated. So it's been, it was a lot of fun because, you know, you have to make it sound like, you know, you're getting inspired by the eighties and could the song be from the eighties, but actually there, are, you know, it, it works well now. So that, I love it. I love doing that sort of stuff. You know, even the covers that I choose to sing are of eighties tunes. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's just, I guess it's my, I don't know, my, my genre, I must, I must have, <laughs> I, I don't know, something, I, I must have lived my life to the fullest in the 80s. I'm trying, I'm reliving <laughs> it now. <laughs> yeah, clearly. No, I think there's a definite style to your music. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's really, it's really good. So uh, obviously anyone listening to the show, do check out your YouTube channel. Videos are all on there. And uh, we'll big it up at the end of the show as well, just so no one forgets. <laughs> so let's jump into the questions. Um, obviously, yeah, sure. same, same six questions for every guest to find out a little bit more about about you and um, through the films that you you love or maybe don't love so what is your favorite film of all time am i allowed to i was kind of stumped i i there are two, i love shawshank redemption is like a like i just love that film I, and it was the first time it's terrible because I'm, both of my favorite films are super serious dramas you know mm. which is weird because I, I i love like movies it was the first time i ever seen uh, like a, a, a prison rape scene. And that just tormented me. Mm. And I don't know, but the movie, the movie was exceptional. But my ultimate favorite, and I'm a huge Liam Neeson fan. In fact, I named my son Liam because I love him so much, Liam Neeson, is probably Schindler's List. It is crazy. I mean, like I'm talking mega intense film, right? This mm -hmm. is about the war, the Holocaust. And there's one scene that from the time I'd seen it, I still can't ever forget when the women are in the bunkers and they're, they heard that they're going to be sent to like the labor camps or to the death camp, right? Like they were going to be, and there's a scene where they needed to look as healthy and as fit as they could, otherwise they'd be taken away. So they, they start pricking their fingers and to get blood coming to come out of their fingers, they like they use a yeah. needle or something to like prick, and they start using the blood to like put blush on their like make it into blush and lipstick to give themselves rosy cheek, make them look healthier. Yeah. And uh, that's I mean I'm telling you that scene till this day is still also embedded in my brain. There's like those kinds of movies that like 
go with you for forever are the ones that you, you talk about on shows like this because they're just absolutely yeah, yeah and, and I, I it's interesting that that's the moment that sticks out to you because i think when a lot of people talk about schindler's list they think of the 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 red coat or no or is it was it was it the red coat it was a, no, the pink uh, dress, wasn't it? A pink dress or a red dress? Red yes, dress. It was red a little dress. girl. Yes. Yeah. 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 That is true. But you know, maybe because I, you as a viewer, try to imagine yourself in this situation. It's back to the sort of rape scene in Schindler's List. Uh, sorry, in um, the Shawshank Redemption. Like you can't even imagine yourself in this situation, and that's why it sticks with you. Like. Mm. What would you do if you were in that predicament? Okay, and that it's 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 movies like that for me, that that bring it home. Like you never ever want to find yourself in the situation where you're in prison or you're in a labor camp or whatever. What would you do to make your life easier? Or or how do you listen? You know, I I think it's the it's those movies that like make you feel like, holy crap! What what if it was me? Mm -hmm. You know in that predicament. So I think those are the movies that actually sit with me the most. I mean, I love lighthearted movies, obviously. I mean, you know, sometimes it's just great to like be brain dead and like, just like be entertained. <laughs> but those deep thinking predicament movies are the ones that I get most emotional about, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so I, I think, think that answered your question. <laughs> they're, they're two excellent choices. And, you know, I think that in, in a really kind of almost bittersweet way, I think that films that are that, are that sort of jarring and that um, uncomfortable to watch, like stuff like Schindler's List, makes you actually really grateful and and uh, appreciative of what we've got now, you know, because we're precisely because we're not in that situation, we don't have to deal with it and we can't imagine what that's like. Yeah, but I mean, exactly. But like, it's the, it's it's movies like that that are sending you know, historical references, messages to people who could never believe the atrocity that goes on either in, in the case of Shawshank, the atrocities of what goes on in prison, for instance. Yeah. Uh, and that, especially if you're an innocent person in prison, that's that's another whole other level of the story. Um, and then, of course, you know, any war movies, like these are movies that like should be told. You know, I and I think for generations to come, not to forget that uh, you know this is a piece of our history that that has to live on. So yeah. the, the people who capture those things on film for me are the ones and and do an excellent job. Like in in this case, you know, like Spielberg. Um, then you know, like that's the kind of movie that that for me it, it impacts me yeah. a lot. Yeah, absolutely, um, and I think it's a it's a great choice. I, I think we, you know I've done quite a few episodes of this show now, and I'm I'm surprised that this is the first time that Schindler's List has come up as a favorite film. Uh, so yeah, and it had to happen at some point because it is a phenomenal film. Yeah, thank um, you. Yeah, I think I, I didn't even have to think about it. That was an easy <laughs> one for me. Well, maybe uh, this this might be a little bit tricky. Uh, the next question: What's your least favorite film? Okay, I'm gonna go back to the 80s because I gotta tell you, I, this is what you probably weren't even born yet. But I, those crazy teenage movies like Porky's Revenge and uh, Fast Times at Ridgemount High and all those like, those bad teenage movies that all the guys used to watch because they used to like to see all the hot girls come out of the pool in the bikinis and that sort of thing. 
I never related to that. Even I kind of get that it was like a real, I guess, a bloke kind of, you know, those kinds of things. It must have served a purpose during mm. that time of our lives. It was probably meant, obviously it was meant for a demographic, right? Like those teenage movies. I, I never, even as a teenager, never kind of got that. So those, you know, they obviously did quite well at the box office, I would imagine. But it's those sorts of films that never did it for me. But anyway, I'm yeah. sure there's a lot of people in my probably feel the same way. I, I I understand where you're coming from. As as someone who was a teenage boy, uh, I obviously related a lot more to those kinds of films uh, growing up. Uh, but I, I get I get the issue there. It's only really until recently that you've had films that have been made by and and, and like for like teen girls. You know, I think stuff yeah. like um yeah. like Booksmart a few years ago. Yes. Um, but they're real messages. You know, mm. I suspect, I suspect that, you know, maybe back in the day, I'm being very tough on these things because probably were the reason why the kids at the time, like you said, the teenagers who watch it, teenage boys in particular, I guess it must have addressed things that they were also going through at the time, right? Mm. So it's like, you know, coming of age and like, and recognizing that like all the feelings that I guess they were going through when they were a teenage boy or whatever, you know, are normal feelings. So I suspect that those films must have ha resonated like with you with these kinds of teenage boy films you know they might there there's a reason for them to do well right mm -hmm. so i just i obviously i didn't like them because i didn't relate to them i'm not a teenage boy and i wasn't a teenage boy so it's probably why those sorts of movies you know i just kind of flubbed them off as like oh well yeah obviously you liked watching phoebe cates come out of the swimming pool with her you know her boobies hanging out i mean you know who wouldn't if as a teenage boy right so um and there, there was one of them that like, you know, clocked the, uh, or coined the phrase MILF. Which one was that? That was that, American that was Pie. American, American Pie, Pie. yeah. That I is... mean, it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. It's that, a brilliant, is... they are brilliant, but like it's probably my least favorite films. Yeah, I think that's, uh, that's quite fair. American Pie is firmly in my kind of generation. Uh, so yeah, mm -hmm. I, I, I remember very fondly um, American Pie and loving those films. But yeah, it very much made for my audience. Uh, yeah. You know, so if you could relate to any film or TV character, who would it be? I love empowering and inspiring women. I mean, I, I just, I, 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 that resonates really well to me. It, it, I walk out of these films, you know, I took my daughter to see Wonder Woman when it first came out mm. with, with Gal Gadot. Is that her name, Gal Gadot? Gal Gadot. Uh, I don't Gal know. Gadot, stark, yeah. Beautiful, yeah, beautiful. And even my daughter, who at the time was probably, I don't know, eight, she's like, oh my God, mom, that movie makes me want to go and kick some ass. I mean, and she was like eight. And I, it's so, so you know, like Aaron Brockovich, you know, mm. like, uh, like when Julia Roberts played Aaron Brockovich, it's like, obviously based on a true story, whereas Wonder Woman is made up character. But I just love movies that have real, you know, inspiring stories about, you know, that, that or empowering women, women who, who like, you know, can do it. You know, I even like uh, Elastigirl on the, uh, I love that with the Incredibles, you know, Mrs. Elastic. And she like, you know, she can be in 10 places at the same time because she can stretch herself there and stretch herself. And like, I relate to that, I'm a mom. I mean, you know, I wish I had yeah. those superpowers. So um, yeah, it's those kinds of movies that inspire me the most, I think. Yeah, I think that's uh, very, very in theme uh, with, with your last answer as well. But yeah, here's a, here's a strange fact for you, maybe not surprising, but a fact nonetheless, that the, the first film franchise, like proper Hollywood film franchise that featured a solo woman on the marketing 
was the Hunger Games, and that was only as recent as 2012. Yeah? No. Yeah? Seriously? So it, it took that long for a woman to, to be used by Hollywood on her own to promote a film franchise, and that was obviously Jennifer Lawrence. It's crazy, right? Uh, really? I, yeah. I'm, sh I'm trying to think, like, because you have, you know, like, Superwoman or whatever, uh, Wonder Woman, mm. and you have all these, you know, these women... But you're right. They, they, they might have been a part of another. They would have, they would have been with like a male lead or something mm. on on the marketing campaign. I, yeah. So yeah. Which one? The Hunger Games. What about the one? Jennifer Lawrence also did a very empowering movie. Uh, not so. Re was it called Joy or something? Where she yes. starts. Uh, she starts a shopping channel. Uh, she invents something. I'm like, oh my god! It's been so long since I watched it. But yeah, so she, I mean, she plays those kinds of characters quite mm -hmm. well. She's remarkable. Wow, that Hunger Game thing? Yeah. Wow, that, you just stumped me. I'm in for, <laughs> I, I, have to, I have to go and look more of that up. Like, I have to Google that. Yeah, That's I, shocking. I, I, I'd love to be proved wrong about that because it seems No, 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 crazy, I trust but... you. You're like, you're very into your theater and your film. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I trust you. <laughs> I think yeah, you know that. I, I think it's, it's crazy, though, isn't it, that um, even though, you know, you, Film history, you've got you've got a lot of strong female characters, as you as you pointed out, people like Erin Brockovich, and you could even argue, you know, Thelma and Louise. Um, they might not be very likable, right. but they were strong characters. But uh, Hollywood never quite felt like they could back a film that you know that much, based on the fact that it just had a female lead. It's 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 crazy, but but times are changing a bit now. Wow, that's really. A Nut piece and nothing, not a crazy <laughs> mm. piece of information. I can't even get the words out. I'm so stumped <laughs> at that. But anyway, okay. Cool. Yeah. Wow. So that's, yeah, that's that. interesting. Yeah. But I guess uh, while, while we're kind of talking about uh, you a bit more, um, you your career, you entered the music industry perhaps a bit later than uh, I guess what is considered the norm. Um, you know, I mm. think normally you know, women now are expected to come in at sort of 16, 18, even younger. And, you know, they kind of molded into pop stars and that's very much the trajectory. But your career started a little bit later, didn't it? Yeah, interestingly enough, I mean, I've always been singing. It's not like I decided at 40, I was going to start singing. No, I've been, <laughs> been I was in bands since I was like 15. And then mm. I moved to New York and I was in another band. I, I was always singing and I'm writing original material. Um, but I, you know, life got in the way. I got married young. I had four kids. I, you know, so, you know, it was always something to continue doing, but I never really had the chance to actually see what it would be if I was to really go for it. And, you know, every, uh, I, you know, that yes, it, it's a youthful industry, obviously the music industry, but you know, if you write good enough records, people are playing it, people are dancing to it, people want to sing around to the lyric, then you're doing, you're doing a good job. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it, it was hard because touring and all that sort of is difficult and to take a big, big chance to, to really go whole hog in an industry that requires so much of you especially with four kids in tow. It's not easy to, to navigate, but uh, yeah. So it was a big deal, but we made it work. I have had a great support network and it was about 40 that my first hit record actually came to play, crazy. And here I am many, many years later, but yeah, it's been right, it's been nuts. Yeah, I, I guess it goes back to that thing that an overnight success um, takes years. Um, yes. You know, like no one sees all the work, you know, and as you said, you started when you were 15, you know, in bands and writing your own songs, exactly. but that's great. Did you, did you feel though that the music industry, that, that 
there comes a point where you have to make that choice between career and family because it is quite a quite a, a, a grueling you know schedule it is i've had to like turn down some big opportunities as a result our longer tour tours and like i i had it it was probably a lot of schlepping back and forth because I needed to get back to the kids after a single, after, uh, let's say, two weeks away, max. I would mm. spend 10, 10 to 14 days at max. So I'd have to come back again and go back out again. Like it was, the juggling was difficult. But uh, like I said, my mother flew over and my husband was around. And as my kids started to get older, my older kids, my older boys would be able to look after the younger ones and so I have like a 12 year difference between the top and the bottom of my kids so you know it was it started to get easier as they got older but yeah but then I also was getting older so like <laughs> you have to find the window of when when do you jump through the window and actually do it so it was it's all timing is everything I guess well I can't I can't imagine that you know you finally you you, you have a 12 year old you're finally at the point where they can start doing stuff for yourself and then bam you reset you get the pregnant again. <laughs> yeah wow yeah well timing what can they say but I'm very happy I mean I've I've got four amazing kids so I'm very 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 lucky <laughs> <laughs> that's nice uh, and uh, what about the move to London you know what 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 prompted that Originally, it was my husband's job. He had an opportunity to come over for like a two-year stint. And then we were going to go back to New York. But we fell in love with London. We decided to stay. My career started to take off. And we just loved it here, really. It was one of those things where we're like, we ended up selling our residence in New York and buying a house here. And it was a, it, for me, it was a no-brainer. It was so civilized. And I just, I absolutely loved it here. I just... I don't know. I, I love everything about being close to Europe. I just, I like the education system here. I, and my kids love growing up here. I just, I never felt like I was ready to go back, hmm. you know? So we made it our home. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. See, I, I think exactly the same about the other way around. You know, I'd love to go to America um, and I'd love to live there. So I guess it's just, it's always, it's always more glamorous when you're born somewhere else, I guess. But uh it's nice. Sometimes there is, yeah, the grass isn't always greener. I mean, you mm. could go and then go, oh, this is crap. I'm moving back home. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people do that, like, you know, just to get it out of their system. Yeah. We we love it. We absolutely love it. I can't imagine being anywhere else, to be honest. I absolutely love it here. So, yeah. <laughs> That's I don't great. sound like I'm from here, but I definitely love People are like, how long have you been living here? A couple of years? No, 20-something years. What? You don't, sound, you don't sound British. You don't sound like you've lived there that long. I don't know. It's funny. My kids have my kids have British accents. I I never I never caught on. I always found like I sounded like I was you know not me. Weird. Anyway. Yeah. Well, that's good. It's good. It's good to it's good to keep your accent. I, I like the American accent anyway. So it's uh, yeah. There's something about it. I find it quite peaceful. Uh, but oh. who would play you in a film of your life? Reese Witherspoon. Wow, straight 100%. in there. Hundred uh, percent. I can't think of anyone else. I mean. I, I can't. I'm sure there are bazillions of wonderful actors out there that could play me. I guess you need someone who could sing. I guess Christian Chenoweth is another one who'd probably be good at that. Good um, choice. I yeah, but uh, but I think yeah, one of those two. I love Reese Witherspoon. I'm I have a such a girl crush on her. I can't. <laughs> she is just perfect in every way because she's not perfect, hmm. but she's perfect. Like she's just. She has no inhibition when she acts. She's wonderful. 
I just absolutely love her. I love her. I love that she can do drama and and I, that she can do comedy. There's everything about her that I love. Yeah, I have a massive girl crush on her. Yeah, um, Reese Witherspoon is a fantastic choice. And for all of the amazing films that she's done throughout her career, it almost shames me to, to say that the one we always go back to in our house is Legally Blonde. Um, that's, that's the one oh, we've yeah. gone. Um, Do you know that I forgot about that until you just mentioned <laughs> it? Because she's just had such a crazy career of unbelievable, like, what, how about Walk the Line? I mean, yes. you know, and she's just awesome. But yeah, you're right. But Legally Blonde, I loved her in that. Who, <laughs> right? Who yeah. did? She there's, was. There's nothing she. She created she, that character. Absolutely, yeah. And she is, she could do anything, as you say. She's just, you know, she, she's a great actress. Yeah, wonderful mm. choice. So then what is your most nostalgic film? I love Love, love actually, because that's the kind of film you could watch over and over again. But yeah. my, my ultimate is probably Back to the Future. Actually, that's an 80s, and it's so 80s, right? It really, really is so 80s. That, and and I, I think it is brilliant. The concept of it, when the, I didn't love the second and the third as much, obviously, but the original, original Back to the Future is so brilliant mm. that he goes back in time and it's sort of like a bit sliding doors, right? I don't know if you saw Back to the Future, but it's, you know, what if his parents never met? Like his whole lineage of, or his whole history would have changed, right? His whole being, he might not have even existed, right? Mm. If his parents never met. And then of course, because he goes back in time and like lands when his parents were meant to meet, he ruins the whole, you know, the, oh my God, if they don't get together, then he and his brother and sister won't exist. And obviously it's, it's even more than that, but it's so brilliant. And, and I just, I just love that. It's probably my, my best nostalgic film. And of course they, they came out with a musical Mm. Um, have, a Back to you, the Future musical. Have you seen that yet? Yeah, I took my daughter to see it. And it was, and with my mum, actually. And it was unbelievable. Flying car and everything. Freaking oh, amazing. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, 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 it's worth I it. really want to go, really want to go. My, my wife's not a massive fan of Back to the Future, so I, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm wearing it down. Yes, you yeah. You were 12. What Thank do you, you very mean you're much. married? I am, I am oh mid-30s um, and I'm still getting ID'd. It's my, it's, it's my proudest moment, getting ID'd at 35. Oh my God. Wow. Okay, I don't know if anybody's going to be able to see what you look like other than, <laughs> you know, but wow. I mean, you do look like a child. I Thank really you very thought much. that you were, yeah, I thought you were like my kid's age, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, thank you very much. That's the best compliment I've uh, ever had while recording this podcast. So uh, I appreciate Aww. that. Um, no, but, welcome. Yeah, I mean, Back to the Future, I do think that, I, I mean, I love that film anyway, but uh, I also kind of admire how they managed to, to make these kind of allusions to incest family-friendly. And I don't know how they do that. <laughs> you know what? You're, you're right. I don't know how they did that. And, and by the way, there's, I'm sure, a lot of stuff in those movies that are not acceptable now <laughs> in any shape or form. But yeah, I, you kind of look over that stuff, though. You don't really, I mean, especially when, when you first watch it and you're like, I was, when it first came out, I, I'd seen it when I was a teenager, right? So you, you, don't, you don't, that doesn't compute. Mm. Like it, didn't, it didn't register that whole and also because, you know, Michael J. Fox, he, he did, he does say, oh, that's so gross. Like he yeah. does say, he yeah. does acknowledge that that is his mom, you know, he's like, and he can't even watch the two of them kiss, he, you know. 
So, and he's kind of like running around the room after, she, and she's chasing after him, but she doesn't know that he's related to her. So what, you know, anyway, it's, yeah. it's brilliant the way they handle it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I do love Back to the Future. Uh, great choice. And yeah, I, I, I love the second one as well. Not as big a, a fan of, of the third. Yeah, I, I, the second one was great too, but it wasn't as good as the first. And I think the third mm. was as good as the second. So, but it doesn't matter. It, the, the first first was probably, I mean, if, that, if you're talking nostalgia, that's definitely, I mean, you know, he's like, he, they said, oh, whatever you do, don't go into 2020. There is a quote that says, don't go to 2020. And I, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that is so brilliant. Like, hello. Yeah, for how... me, like the, the 80s were like yesterday, right? So it's not really, like for me, the 80s, feel like it's only 20 years ago but like mm. 20 years ago it was like 20 2002 like that's nuts that, like, that I makes still me feel like the so 80s old. was like how, how do you think i feel <laughs> 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 oh crazy yeah no it's so crazy yeah uh right so what is your guilty pleasure I, i'm gonna i'm gonna actually say something that's very obscure because it just came out and i i think is hilarious but it's because i'm also in the movie it's called reboot camp and uh i had the pleasure of doing my first ever cameo appearance performing a record in this movie and it just came out it's actually exclusive on sky now it's about a fake guru in hollywood and they start all these celebrities start following him even though Everything he's done was completely made up. It's it's a comedy, and the cast of characters he, he's got like Joe Rule in it. He's got Chaz Bono in it. He's got, I mean, the cast is nuts. And I, I play. I'm in it for like a minute, but the it's it's just a really silly, funny film, and I recommend you watch it. And this is my plug opportunity now. <laughs> um, but it's actually produced in 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 Hollywood and. Uh, was one of my friends who who's actually plays the guru, plays the lead, and he rang me and said, you know, I really would love to have you perform one of your songs in this party scene that we're doing. Would you be interested in being in the film? And I was like, I don't even think he hung the phone up yet. I was already on the plane to LA to do the to do the cameo. So that's probably my guilty pleasure because you know I'm I'm in it for a second. Um and the movie's very funny and because I also know some of the cast and yeah, and it's it's silly, but it's funny. It's funny. my husband was watched it and like literally laughed out. <laughs> it's proper comedy. So I mean, if you like that sort of light-hearted, I recommend you watch it. It's called Reboot Camp, and yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's literally about a fr and he's French Canadian, no no less. He actually plays this uh, David, who's my friend, who plays the lead. He's it's very funny. He puts on this hilarious French Canadian accent tries to convince all these people that he is this guru and could like help heal them mm. it's watch it like just watch it you could probably get it on Amazon or it's on Sky here yeah just I will. it's literally just came out absolutely we'll watch that um, and is that Sky Cinema I think so mm. yeah it's called Reboot Camp it came out over the summer or August it's it's worth a laugh It'll, it's like an hour and a half of We'll absolutely like watch that. And uh, that's I, why I'm saying that's my guilty pleasure. And it was also my little guilty pleasure, pleasurable plug. Yeah, I have to say, <laughs> it's the first time uh, one of my guests has been able to turn a question into a plug. So uh, congratulations for that. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, and I think uh, it's a it's a nice way to to sign off. Uh, so, but be before yeah. I let you go, obviously, thank you so much for for being on the show uh, today. And do remind everyone uh, where they can connect with you, where they can buy your music and watch the film and everything else. Uh, it's Stacy Jackson. So dot com, and I guess all my all my social media is up there. I, I'm at Stay Rocks, S T A E R O X. It was fun when we came up with it at the time. And um, I'm on YouTube, Stacey Jackson, uh, Stacey Jackson in the 80s on Sky, Channel 365, Spotlight TV, Freesat, all of that. And yeah, I, I Reboot Camp just came out and uh, a few months ago, you, you'll, like, you'll literally spot me for like two seconds, but I'm performing the song I uh, originally launched with Snoop Dogg called uh, live it up so i'm he's not in the movie but i do a little tiny little snippet of our song and yeah it's been a crazy whirlwind of a year for me even coming out of covid it's but i've been very busy but all all good and fun things so can't complain yeah and uh, actually uh, final final question what are you like in terms of watching yourself on screen do you skip past the bit that you're in yeah i do i, <laughs> I have my husband watch it first I have him watch it for then I look for his reaction and then if he's like okay with it then I'll come and watch it like <laughs> I, yeah I, I, I yeah I, I don't really I, I want him to see it first or my mother to see it first I'm terrible <laughs> I don't like watching me like I, I need I need that sort of like approval you know first that yeah. it's like it's okay it's okay you didn't make a total ass, <laughs> like flub up or look crazy or do anything you know so yeah <laughs> fair enough well um thank you so much stacy it's been a great chatting with you and a great set of answers as well and hopefully at some point we'll get you back for a sequel sometime absolutely absolutely i'm definitely ha i'm always happy to be on your show it was really lovely to chat to you great thank you stacy thank you bye that's it for this episode of the friday film club i do hope you enjoyed it and of course, you can listen back to all previous episodes wherever you get your podcasts. And remember as well to connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at The Fry Film Club. We will, of course, post links to all of our guest info in the show notes. So look out for that as well. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>